Alright, I will say good morning. Good morning. Let us let us begin. So we continue today, Merz Hashem in Parakutes in Mesilasi Sharm, Chalke Hachasilus. So if you remember again, yesterday, yesterday's shir, we began where we're still focusing ultimately again on the concept of Yira, on the concept of awe and reverence. So that Anchal continues to say, how does one cultivate a sense of awe and reverence? For Akodish Baruch Hu, Vigini Dibarnu Ad Atah Minachno Minaboshas. Up until this point, I've spoken about humility and embarrassment. Now let's begin to discuss a little bit more regarding covet, regarding how to go ahead and display honor in our service of Hashem, and the displaying of honor, displaying of covet, is in and of itself a form of yira. Chazal already, already spent significant time discussing with us and, and alerting us or sensitizing us to the covet and to the honor that we have to bring to Mitzvahs. Remember again, quoting the Pasuk from Az Yashir, this is my God and I will exalt him. And what does that mean? It means that when I do Mitzvahs, I should do Mitzvahs in a beautiful way. Meaning, Tzitzis Noah, have nice Tzitzis, Tfilin Noah, nice Tfilin, Sefer Torah Noah, a nice Torah, Lulav Noah, and a beautiful Lulav. V'chein Amru, Hidr Mitzvah, Achlish, so to again Chazal said that for Hidr Mitzvah, for beautification of a Mitzvah, one has to spend an additional third. Ad Kan Mishalom, Mikan Be'elach, Mishal HaKadosh Baruch The amount you spend ultimately again on the additional mitzvah, that ultimately, again, is what you truly contribute to the mitzvah. I'll say, now, what does this mean? What Ramchal is highlighting over here is, remember, we're in, we're in, we're focusing in Chasidus, specifically, again, in the second part of Chasidus of Ofen Ha'asiya, the way I perform mitzvahs. And in this section, what Ramchal is highlighting over here is that the way in which I perform mitzvahs should be done with covet, should be done with honor. What does it mean to perform mitzvah with covet? That's Hidr Mitzvah. Now we'll say Hidr Mitzvah, beautification of the Mitzvah. What does it mean to beautify the Mitzvah? Exactly as well, so we all know this. In life, you could perform a Mitzvah in a way that just simply discharges an obligation. I could perform a Mitzvah in a way which checks the box. I've done what it is that I am supposed to do. That's the core obligation. Right? That's the core obligation. And then there's Hidr Mitzvah. Hidr Mitzvah is I go above and beyond. That's covered. That's covered. Fulfilling the core mitzvah, that's my obligation. Going above and beyond. And again, this is specifically talking about physical beautification of the mitzvah. You could buy any pair of tefillin, even as long as it's kosher and you fulfill the obligation. Or I could buy a beautiful pair of tefillin. I could use any type of lulav, well, not any type, but you know, a kosher lulav, a kosher esrim. Or I could spend money and go ahead and buy something even more beautiful. That's hither. And that ultimately says that Ramchal is a form of kavod. Hari Adas, I'm sorry, Hari Adas says the same. Zochron the bracha, bar milevu. Shein dai basos hamitzvah levad el shetzarach lechab da ola hadra. Chazal clearly trying to express to us something very important, which is it's not enough just simply to perform the mitzvah. Rather, one must go ahead and display honor and contribute, and I should say, and display beauty to the mitzvah. Kavod and hider. So this is interesting. So sometimes what people say is, come on, 
I don't have to worry about hiddenness. But why? God doesn't need it. God doesn't need it. God does, it doesn't matter to God if I buy the least expensive pair of or a more expensive pair of It doesn't make a difference according to God if I go ahead and I run and I grab a little of an asterisk or I take the time to see something beautiful. Does that really matter to God? God is busy running the universe. It matters to him if I got, you know, a type like this asterisk or a type like that asterisk. Amnam, ha'emes adon ha'kavod baruch hu nikra kelakavod. Kedush Baruch Hu is called the God of Honor. Va'anu chayavim lechabdo, and we're obligated therefore to honor Him. Afapi she'en tzarech lechabdenu, v'lo kavaldenu chashu v'safon lefanov. They both say, this is an incredible idea. Says that I'm chal, you're right. Does God need it? Does God need it? You see, here's the great thing about being God. You need nothing. You need nothing. Who needs Hidra Mitzvah? Both say, who needs it? I need Hidra Mitzvah. I need Hidra Mitzvah. Because the more effort you expend to suffer something, the more you go ahead and you invest in something, the more important that thing becomes to you. Hidra Mitzvah is not because the Vibana Shalom is waiting, holding his breath up on high, that I'm going to choose a nice little of an Esther. That, that, that's not what Hidra Mitzvah is. Hidra Mitzvah is me demonstrating that I'm invested enough in this relationship that I'm not just going to check the box. I'm not just going to do what I have to do in order to get by, but instead I'm going to push myself. I'm going to invest a little bit more. I want it to be more beautiful because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's more important. It's important for me. I'll never forget when I, um, when I was getting engaged. I, was, I went to get a, a ring for my wife and I went to someone who, family, friend, I found actually a Jew who works in the diamond business. It was incredible, like the last guy. Anyway, so he, he shows me a whole bunch of things, and he showed me this big, beautiful diamond. Big, beautiful diamond. And I said, wow, this is clearly not in my price range. He said, no, no, it has an imperfection. It has an imperfection. And he, he turned it on the bottom, turned it on the bottom, and it was there. Like, you didn't even need, what did they call those things? Like, the, uh, the loop. You didn't even need the loop. It was, it was right there. But he said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because it's going to be in the setting. It's going to be in the setting so you'll never see the imperfection. Never see the imperfection. It's a person, okay. But every single time I see my wearing that ring, I'm going to know that the imperfection is there. I'm going to know that it's there. So it's great. It's this big deal. But, but, but Lama it's, 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 it's imperfect. It's imperfect. So I said again, I didn't think, I didn't think it was like the, the best way to start a marriage, giving something that you knew by definition was imperfect and blemished, right? It looked good, right? It, it, looked, it, looked, it looked perfect on the outside. What Ramchal is saying is at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you could fulfill your obligation in relatively simple ways. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, Hidra Mitzvah says, are you invested in this relationship? Are you, are, are, are you invested? And if you're invested, give it what you can. Don't, don't just do what you need to do in order to get by. Don't just do what you need to do in order to check a box. But if you're invested in the relationship, then make it beautiful. The Rav Chal goes on. He says, They both actually a pretty strong wording over here. The Rav Chal says, bless you. Whoever has the ability to go ahead and engage in Hidra Mitzvah and doesn't do so is called a sinner. Now I will say, 
that, that is a this very strong wording. And what, why is it so strong? Because remember, we'll say, what's hither? What's hither? Extra. Extra additional beautification. And yet Chazal say that if you have the means, you have the ability to make a mitzvah beautiful, to do hither mitzvah, and you don't do it, you're called a sinner. You're called a sinner. They both say, now why is it now? But now according to the way that Amchal explains it, makes it, it, make, it makes perfect sense. Because if I have the ability to make something beautiful, and I don't make it beautiful, at the end of the day, what does that really show more than anything? More than, I'm not invested. I'm really not invested. I'm not invested. They both say, chote, you know, we often, we, we often translate chate. I should have started at 545. All right, fine. Right, we, right, we, we, we often translate chate as, as sin. The Maral says the actual etymology of chate is really the absence of something. The absence of something. So the Ramchal explains what does that mean? That hate represents a void, an absence. When I commit an Avera, I've created a void that could have been filled with Kiddusha, with holiness, and now it's filled with something else. So hate doesn't always have to mean sin. Sometimes hate just means you're lacking something. The Ramchal says you have the ability to invest in a relationship with Hashem, to make it beautiful, to make it special, to make it unique. And I don't do that. And I don't do that. What, what because it's an extra couple of dollars? Because it's an extra couple of minutes, I could have made it so much more special and I didn't do it. That's called the chote. Not necessarily a sinner per se, but someone who has missed out on a dramatic opportunity and now has this void in his life. This is what the Navi, the Navi complains to, to, to about to Akash Baruch Hu Baklal Yisrael. You'll bring a blind animal to offer up as a carbon. Is that not evil? His examples of a blind animal. You know, you could go ahead and you could go ahead and bring an animal as a carbon, but if it has a mum, right, if it's blemished, so what is it that you're doing? Therefore, Chazal charged us, charged us with acting the exact opposite way in our Avodah Sashem. He goes on, It's an interesting case. I will say very quickly, Mayim Shiniskalu means, we actually learned this halacha, you're not allowed to drink water that was left uncovered overnight. Now this is not an esoteric idea, this was a very practical idea, the Gemara says, why? There was concern of snake venom. Snake venom, these live in areas, which is why the Darach HaShulchan says today, today you find people not being active, not being careful with this halacha, why? The Darach says very simply, because most of us don't live in areas where there are venomous snakes, so because of that, the concern wasn't really as acute. So Chazal said, Now listen to this. Interesting halacha. What's the halacha if you did leave water uncovered? If you did leave water uncovered overnight, what can you do the next morning? You could strain it. The snake venom is thicker than water, so you could strain it, and if you strain it, the venom will be separated. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, that's fine for your own personal consumption. What it's not fine is for sacrificial use. So you can't use strained water for sacrificial use. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't work, it doesn't stem. means literally again, bring it close to your gateways. What's the, what's the problem with strained water? Right? What's the problem with water? Again, it's good enough for me to drink, which means that clearly there's no element of sakana associated with it. 
Nevertheless, at the end of the day, you can't use it for carbonic practice. Mishum she'eno derech kavod. Ultimately, again, why? Because this is not considered to be the proper form of kavod. So again, perfect example. Is strained water usable? Is it usable? Absolutely, absolutely. But it's not appropriate usage for carbonic purposes. You also know, we'll stop over here for today. We're a little, not, not totally finishing today's uh, assignment, but Emeritus Hashem will finish it up on Sunday.